Welcome to Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast series. Here we talk about all things franchising. What is it all about? Is it for you? How do you find the best one to own? And so much more. Now your host, Tim Parmeter. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the latest edition of Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast. I am Tim Parmeter, founder and CEO of Fran Coach and your Franchising 101 host. Uh, Today, we have one of our franchise partners joining us today to talk about their brand. And it is a brand that is in a booming industry, literally and figuratively. It's never, ever going to go away and has a really an uncommon scaling opportunity that can allow their owners to really build empires, uh, all while making a huge impact in the community. I know that sounds good, but before we get to them, quick reminder of who we are. Uh, Fran Coach is a national search firm dedicated to working with individuals interested in owning a franchise. We are partnered with over 600 of the top franchisors in the country, and that spans nearly 70 industries. Um, As always, our goal is to help clients find the absolute best franchise to own. And the goal of the Franchising 101 podcast is to simply educate you on all aspects of franchise ownership. That's us. Now let's get to the good stuff. Our guests today, we have, that's plural, we have two. We have the Director of Franchise Development, for a featured franchise, which is Assisting Hands Home Care, and that is Mr. Dan Durney, and one of their, one of the best franchise owners you're ever going to find, who's now an area rep for Assisting Hands, Mr. Rob Winicki. Uh, Dan, Rob, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Look, um, what is, I've got a bunch of stuff for you guys about Assisting Hands and, and this kind of uh, scalability option with area rep, but I think just franchising and ownership, this is all this is all a people business. And I want to get to know you guys just quickly. Um, and I always like hearing the story of how you guys got into, into franchising. Um, Dan, I've known you. We've known each other for a long time. I don't know your story, so I'm making you go first on this. Um, tell us a little, just give us a quick little Reader's Digest version of how you got into franchising. Well, this is my second, arguably third career. My first was with Keebler Cookies. My second was in IT for 17 years, and I got into franchising uh, by helping a friend of mine who was doing what I do now, franchise uh, development and recruiting, uh, put a website and a database together, and he taught me the franchise business, and about a year and a half in, doing that part-time, it equaled my full-time IT income, so I made the switch, and I've been doing franchise development ever since uh, about 2003. It'll be my 20th year this year. Oh my gosh, I didn't know it'd been that long. That's awesome. You, so you started doing this when you were 16, right? <laughs> no, and you made the uh, very astute comment about this being a booming industry, or I'm going to start calling it the boomerang industry. Um, <laughs> I, no, I'm a boomer. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, very, very cool. Uh, Rob, give us, uh, and you were, I know you were a franchise owner for a long time, but how did you even get, get started into this? Well, it's a great question. Um, now, I was in the retail world, uh, retail outlets before this. Um, my wife is a respiratory therapist, and she was working in the hospitals. And uh, upon discharge out of the hospital, because she's in a respiratory, she was dealing with a lot of people with COPD, congestive heart failure, emphysema, uh, people who get very taxed and very tired, very easily doing just some basic household things, bathing, dressing, cooking meals, grocery shopping. And so upon discharge, families were always tagging her because they saw what a good therapist she was, was when my loved one gets discharged from the hospital, can you come and make sure that they're okay? 
And she always said no, because she worked full time. She was a full time mom. And after a while, about the hundredth time she came home saying this thing within about six months, I just said, you know, why don't you quit your job and just start taking care of uh, these people? And she said, you know, I don't know anything about managing people or running a business. She said, you're better at that. So why don't you do that? And I said, well, I don't really know anything about healthcare. So what we decided was let's go ahead and land on one of these franchise models uh, that can kind of give us the, you know, the foundation uh, of how these things work. And then, so when we originally opened up our doors, uh, I was more back office, billing, payroll, uh, hiring, and then marketing, where Trisha was more training of the caregivers uh, and then dealing with the families and then making sure that we're executing on our obligations in the, in the home to the families that we committed to them while we sat around the, the dining room table when we talked about taking care of their loved ones. So that's how it kind of started, you know, and then over time, Again, I was more involved with outside marketing and sales, billing and payroll. Trisha kind of took over the, the, the full gamut of hiring uh, and then continuing the care along with a couple of nurses that we hired to go out and meet with these families and, and start up care. So awesome. Very, very cool. Very cool. The um, so assisting hands home care, as we can, I'm not the smartest dude in the world, but we have the words home care and assisting hands uh, mixed in together. We are going into the home to, to, to help out the families and take care of obviously the elderly for the most part. But walk us through, um, and Dan, Rob, I don't care, like um, from a consumer standpoint, what are you doing? Who are those customers and, and kind of that range of services that you're able to provide? Yeah, mo most of the people that uh, we care for, and, and, and a lot of times it, it, it's a, it can be a spousal situation where, um, you know, you can have like, and just an example of, you know, a five foot two, you know, wife and, and husband have been married for 50 plus years. Um, she doesn't want to send her, her loved one, her husband into a facility. She was still trying to take care of him at home, but physically she cannot, you know, he's six foot, six foot two, you know, you know, 170, 180 pounds. She physically can't take care of him. So that's where we kind of come in and help support with some of those basic activities of living, bathing, dressing, toileting, uh, and, and, and taking care of him. Uh, and other point is a lot of times we have widow or widowers down here that don't want to move back up north. We're located in Florida. They don't want to move back up north, quote unquote, to the cold. Uh, the children up there are like, listen, we need to get you in a facility. They're like, oh, no, I'm not moving into an assisted living facility. I like my house. That's the whole reason I moved to Florida. So then the the compromise is, well, we got to get somebody in here to kind of help support you. And then we kind of go in there with, with bathing and then maybe also grocery shopping, errands, laundry, to and from doctor's appointments. And then we're able to, our caregivers in our office are able to articulate back to that family exactly what's going on, medication reminders, uh, all those things. Because when the, sometimes when, ma, uh, when mom and dad are down here and the kids come down, like there's expired food in the refrigerator, they're not taking their medications, they're not getting healthier and better, they're actually looking you know, worse. Or sometimes when they're in their home like that, socially, they're not going out and meeting or talking to anybody. So loneliness or depression can set in, but by having those caregivers in the house, um, that's how we kind of help support them in the house. Awesome. Very good. Um, so talk a little about maybe that business model, right? And so the, you know, kind of what 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 the owner's doing, um, obviously we're going to have caregivers, like does the owner, you know, spend all day taking care of grandma? Uh, what does What does that overall kind of business model typically look like? Yeah, I mean, I mean, in my situation, I mean, there was probably a, uh, in the last 15 years, it was probably two situations where I personally was 
kind of thrust into a situation where I had to provide care for a little bit. Uh, like, and it would just be an example where uh, I was out marketing and a caregiver called very sick, needed to leave a house. So I went to the house and sat in the house and waited for another caregiver to come. But all I'm trying to say is over the last 15 years, two clients, maybe six hours of actual caregiving provided by me. Um, the idea there is, you know, you try to hire, you know, very competent, uh, you know, caregivers that will represent uh, your company very well in the home. And, you know, you hire a support staff around that. And, um, but to your point, you know, I was out marketing. I would sit in homes initially and, and do these, you know, meetings with family, these free consultations in the home to help set up for care. And then a lot of times I'd go out there on the first set of uh, caregiving, I'd go out there and do an introduction and, and follow up to make sure that we were executing in the home. Um, so it was a lot of that side for me. Um, and then for my wife, again, it was hiring and training and orientation to our standards, our uniform standards, what we expect in the house, how do you clock in, how do you clock out, a lot of that kind of day-to-day -day stuff. Um, but from an owner standpoint, where you really want to be, and, and for the most part, you know, initially it, it's a little bit, you know, hands-on as far as marketing and introductions and setting up, but as actual caregiving is concerned, you know, you, you hire competent people to do that, and then you just manage that care in the home. Um, and then eventually as we continue to grow uh, and we got support staff around us, um, then I had a full team of people who would, would go out and do marketing. I had a team that would go out and do the intakes. Uh, the nurses would do the intakes and do the introductions and the follow-up and to make sure we're, we're executing the house. So, you know, towards the, the tail end of our business now is just that it was really more working, what people always say, working on your business, not in your business. And that's kind of where Trisha and I were. We're just kind of you know, what's the next step? How can we fine tune our processes and, and fine tune our day-to-day -day operations to make us more efficient? And, and, you know, bottom line is to serve the, the client or the customer, the patient better. Gotcha. Gotcha. Dan, as you are working with anybody that is looking at possibly becoming an assisting hands owner, you're the, you're the, you're the guy and, and I'm stealing this because I've heard you say this, you're the tour guide, right? As they, as they are looking at this, what are, I'm stealing your material. I'm sorry, right? Um, your 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 part time gig, right? And that all about just stealing somebody else's funny stuff and passing it on as your own. So, um, no, I do no, I do not steal anybody's <laughs> material. <laughs> so, little 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 side note, our pal Dan. If you're if anybody's ever in the Phoenix area, uh, is a stand up comedian and a darn funny one. Um, so uh, you'll have to ch check check out one of uh, one of one of his events. Um, so. Um, Dan, what do you, what are some things you look for in a person that is maybe looking into coming into assisting hands to make sure that they are, again, franchises are awarded, you're vetting them. What are some things, characteristics, skill sets that you're looking for? Well, one of the things I mentioned right up front, in addition to being a tour guide, because we are not pushy salespeople. We, uh, I can't stand pushy salespeople myself. So this is more of a mutual discovery about one another. And as I like to say, with all due respect to Cold Stone Creamery, this ain't chopping ice cream. You know, this is taking care of grandma and grandpa or family members that need some help, as Rob eloquently described there. So uh, we look for people, uh, three things. They have compassion for seniors or, or basically a heart for this business. Um, they have some people management skills and they have some business acumen. They understand a little bit about how to run a business. I will emphasize that an exact count of zero of our franchisees have ever run a home care agency prior to coming into assisting hands business. 
So they've uh, learned everything from their support from the area reps, if they had one at that time, or they from our national support team. But uh, basically, we look for people that, like say, have a heart for the business and people management skills. Uh, this is an owner-operator kind of business, not semi-absentee or passive. So they've definitely a roll-up-the-sleeves uh, kind of work the business. Awesome. So when people are coming in and looking at this, because it's easy to see you know, what, what are the, the stats, something like 10,000 people a day turn 65 or, or something, right? And we're, we're, we've got another yep. decade or so of that, right? So, um, so it's easy to see like the need for this. We're living longer, uh, we're farther spread out from our families and you don't have to be in Rob's area of, of Florida. My, my, my wife, the fifth generation Floridian calls it heaven's waiting room, right? So everywhere there are people are going to be spread out from their families. So it's easy to see the need, but what are, when you're talking to people, Dan, what's like the, the, the thing, maybe two things that they're going to go, Oh, it all sounds great, but I'm worried about blank. I don't lose anybody on, for example, we validate very well. So our franchisees will say this was the roughest 12, 18 months of their uh, careers. They, but they're now doing what they wanted to do is give back to the senior community, some cases build a legacy business for their uh, children, et cetera. So really looking for people that uh, uh, have that commitment to uh, providing that, the care for the seniors that's, that's here and present now, uh, not just coming, but it's, uh, it's here and present now. They need to be able to really care for the caregivers. And, and that's one of our things is if you take great care of the caregivers, the caregivers will take great care of the clients. And whether you're a franchise or independently owned business, you're only as good as the last caregiver that you sent in to take care of somebody. So a lot of emphasis on training. Uh, all the caregivers are licensed, bonded, insured. We don't send contractors into people's homes. Um, they're W-2 employees. They're CPR certified. We have our own uh, assisting hands university. Even though it's not uncommon that caregivers may work for multiple agencies, they still go through our training uh, curriculum. We've got like 60 videos. Rob probably knows closer than the actual number, but I've heard as high as 60 videos for caregiver training, a whole orientation, like say university for that. So we just tend to have a higher level of uh, care for the clients by taking good care of the caregivers. Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break from our podcast to tell you about our amazing friends at Entrepreneur. If you're looking to become a franchisee or simply learn more about business ownership, and guys, let's be honest, you're listening to the Franchising 101 podcast, so we know you have some interest in this. And I really encourage you to go to entrepreneur.com to check out all of their great content and resources. Seriously, Entrepreneur has everything, all the way from a bookstore to the best podcast webinars and videos, plus information on upcoming events and the latest articles that seriously, they cover all aspects of franchising and business ownership. If you're having trouble deciding which franchise is right for you, start with Entrepreneur's renowned Franchise 500 ranking, which highlights the best franchises of 2022. For 45 years and counting now, Entrepreneur has been and continues to be the most widely recognized and respected authority in the franchise market. Digital and print subscriptions are available so you never miss out on anything. So seriously, what are you waiting for? Go to entrepreneur.com right now and learn more. 
And I think it's one of those, it's easy to see this business model as something where you are giving back to the community because you're making an enormous impact with, with the families. And Rob, I'm sure you could you could tell stories of how you uh, just your business alone was able to impact families over, over the years. But to me, I think you also get to be an impact on the community, community as an employer, right? Um, that you're giving people an opportunity to have a job that is more meaningful than maybe what what they've done in the past, right? So um, I know that that's huge. And and the other thing, and I don't know how much you guys could talk about this, but I'll I'll throw out some numbers if I need to. But you know the competition, but you guys carve out massive territories, right? So there's what twenty thousand or so seniors, if not more, in a particular territory. Um, and Rob, you mentioned this, Dan. I don't want to put you on the spot because this is maybe you can say, maybe you can't, but Rob, you had, tell, tell everybody your business, I know you sold your business and now you're an area rep, which we're going to get it to, but you had how many clients and how much revenue did that equal? Like kind of share that. Cause that's the, it, I think it staggers people, how few people you need to grow a big business in this space. Yeah. I think uh, around the time we sold, we, we were probably running between about 90 to 110 patients, uh, like a rolling, you know, average. Uh, and we had about, uh, about 150 to 170 caregivers working and uh, we were trying to do about, about $7 million in 2021. Out of a hundred ish clients, right. Which is still, you were, I don't know, one one hundredth of a percent of every senior in in your territory, probably. I mean, it's right. it's a fraction of a percent. It's crazy. Correct. That's the one thing I tell them when, when sometimes when we used to do validation calls, and you know they give the numbers, you know that there's got to be at least like twenty five thousand right then seniors in a territory. You're like, well, that doesn't right. sound like a lot of people. I'm like, I, you know, I think over the course of my career of my agency in in Naples. I mean, I think we took care of a little bit about about 4,600 families total over a 15-year period. So it's not like we never tapped into, right. and you know, the number kind of grows and, and continues to grow just because of what you said as far as the aging population. That um, you know, you, there may be 25,000 when I started, but there's probably about 35,000 now living there. Right. So. Right, you're going into homes for hours at a time, right? So it's not like I think that's the piece. People, how can you get that big of a business from that small of a, a like number of clients? But it's not like you just roll in there for an hour a month. You're going in there for like hours at a time every day. You go in there, right? Correct, and that's one of the things that with this model of home care is that you no, know, when we started, um, you know, to what you're saying is to get before you really earn the trust and the name brand recognition in your community, uh, you, you are kind of working some shorter shifts, four to six hours, you know, a couple of days a week. And a lot of those clients as, as they age, they kind of grow with you, their needs grow, your hours grow. And as you are in the community longer and you can demonstrate uh, that you're able to take care of these people and take care of them at a high level, uh, with compassion and care and follow up and, and doing what you say you're going to do. Uh, other referral sources in the community that deal with that same senior population that can refer back and forth to, they truly recognize you as a professional and in your business as a, you know, a very high quality business. And so they start referring you those longer hour clients, more days per, per, per week. And, and so over time, just the natural 
course of, of this business, everybody kind of moves. So initially they're there to take care of as many people as they can for us, how many hours they need to just to pay, get, pay the bills and keep the doors open. Uh, but as you, as you, you know, get more experienced and you age in this business that uh, your client base uh, gets more billable hours per week. And so. Um, nice. And so you can grow a really big business with a single territory, get a small office, single territory, a couple, couple full-time people. Um, I know you can add additional territories down the road if you want. Um, but I want you guys to talk a little bit about the area rep model, because this is unique in franchising, but certainly within, within home care. Um, and, and Dan, I do want to make sure we come back to some of the, some of the culture that you guys have within the franchise. Cause it is like, it is also unique and is, and I think just absolutely fantastic, but this area rep thing, right? So walk us, what the heck is that? And, and what are some of the kind of the advantages for somebody to, to pension, potentially add that as an option as a, their business down the road? So the area rep model is one, it's basically, I call it the fourth level of franchising. So in franchising, this would be a little bit of franchising 101, um, is the, you have a single unit owner, then you may have a multi-unit owner, and that person might own multiple units of different brands or even, even in different geographies, they'd still be a multi-unit owner. The third level is an area developer, which is typically someone who is a multi-unit owner of a particular brand in a particular market, and they're responsible for developing X number of, say, restaurants uh, or retail stores in a particular area. The fourth level is this area representative, which is someone who acquires the development rights, almost like a little bit of a mini franchisor, but for the development rights, say like four to six million in population. And then they're responsible for helping to recruit franchisees, but more importantly, to provide the coaching and mentoring and the support of the franchisees in the local market. And that's really a big differentiator. And in exchange for them doing that, they share in the franchise fees for recruiting and in the royalties. There's no cost to the franchisees for having an area rep, and it's an extra layer of support for them. So that's the area rep model. We have about 20 across the country, room for about another 20 to 25, I would say at the most, um, in the, within our spread in the U.S. We're, by the way, currently we're in 27 states. Uh, have over 170 territories and over 85 franchisees. Nice. Um, so, R Rob, you made that transition recently into the area rep. Um, talk a little bit of what what that's been like. Uh, maybe some of the, the things that you've really enjoyed about about being in that role. Well, you know, I just want to, you know not to add on to Dan, but just to kind of step back a little bit. And, and I think I told you Tim one of the reasons why we went out, came on with assisting hands as a franchise owner was because of the area rep model and being us as my wife and I being able to lean on our area rep and basically, you know, fast track our learning curve and give advice. And I've tried that and don't do this. It really helped us accelerate the speed of our business. Um, and so when I was offered the opportunity by assisting hands to be an area representative, uh, I jumped on it just because over the course of the years that I've been with them and, and part of the culture is just that we're with one big happy family and we, we constantly are sharing with each other and learning from each other um, that I was already kind of doing that as new franchisees were, were coming on, not only are they dealing with their own area reps, but there's also this culture inside the, the company to reach out to other franchise owners in different parts of the country and see what they're doing. And so 
my wife and I, we did a lot of mentoring to, to new people that were coming on as franchisees. And so it was just kind of a natural progression for us. And so when they offered us the ability to become an AR, I mean, we jumped on it just because I, I tell people all the time that uh, this uh, this business, the assisting hands, has 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 far out uh, succeeded more than my wife and I could have ever have imagined. That it's we wanted something to be our own owners and have our own timelines and be our our own bosses. But not only has it turned to that, but it, it has just given me financial security. It's just changed my life. And to be able to to offer that to to somebody else and and know they can live the American dream that my wife and I have lived um, is just really empowering. And I we just uh, you know and yes you know whatever we do share in a little bit of the royalties and, and whatever. But it's really not about the money for us anymore. What it really is about is helping other people live their dreams and 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 being able to offer them that is it's just that's why we do it. And I, I just think it's a very unique concept that, you know, going to someone as a an area rep, going to some of these franchise shows where people are coming and seeing all of this whole mecca of all these different opportunities or are talking like to you, Tim, that there's not many concepts out there that offer that, that level of support uh, out there. And it's very unique. And, um, and that's why we, we, we do it because we love to do what we do. And, I love to talk about home care and I love to help people grow. So, well, and I think it's the, you, you hit on the other thing, right? Is, is, you know, yes, when people are looking at a business opportunity, the assisting hands, senior care, all of these things, but well, you could grow even bigger, like looking into becoming an area rep. But if that's not the path for you and, and you're coming in as just, and I said, just, you're going to be a single unit franchise owner for assisting hands knowing that in addition to all the support the franchisor has, you've got that extra layer of support um, right there in your, basically in your local community, your backyard, who's done it, boots on the ground, they can show up, they can hang out in your office because they're right there to make sure you are, you have everything you can to, to succeed is, is pretty fantastic as well. So yes, come in, become one, but come in and don't become one and know that area rep is there to help you succeed, which, and you've, Rob, you've been on both sides of that, which is really cool. So um, Dan, talk a little bit about, um, I want to hit one more thing definitely for you guys is the culture with assisting hands. Um, you mentioned, you know, you're not a pushy salesperson, don't like pushy sales per people. I think the only people that like pushy salespeople are pushy salespeople, right? So um, but you, you, I mean, you say it, it's one thing to say it. And, and we've, we've had a few of our client really three of our clients, I guess, technically, um, now as assisting hands owners, and they have been, everybody has been blown away by your process. The validation is the most open call, whoever the heck you want. Um, the culture within the franchise or the discovery day is, you use the word unique a couple of times, safe to say your, your discovery day is unique, um, but it really fits into to who you guys are. So talk about a couple of things that are really key to, uh, to that culture for assisting hands. Well, uh, we do have a family culture and uh, you know, it's real when there's an actually an actual uh, acronym for it that's uh, licensed and uh, trademarked and it's called the FOFO, the family of franchise owners. Uh, and Rob is a, Rob and Trisha are, just embody that and you heard him say that they just love mentoring other people and working with other people it's a whole extra layer of support so you have an area rep if you're opening a location in an area where there's one now 
you have the national support team, and then you have this uh, additional network of franchisees that are looking to help each other. And, and this came into play during COVID as well, where franchisees were sharing sources for masks and gloves and all kinds of things. And they tried this marketing-wise and, and tried these different things and caregiver recruiting tips and whatnot. And uh, so it, it's just a whole extra layer of support. But part of our discovery process, uh, we have five steps. We have an initial call, get to know each other, find out why people are even looking at senior care and, again, establish that, you know, who we're looking for type of person. Uh, then we go through our disclosure document and get the questions answered out of that. Uh, then we have an ops call, which actually goes through the state-specific licensure requirements for wherever the candidate is looking to open. So we um, uh, get through that information to make sure they understand what would be required, because that'll affect how you staff your business, depending on what state you go into. Some states have a lot of regulations. Some have uh, none at all, actually. And then uh, the fourth step is they go through validation, and they'll and I'll do like a weekly call with them you know, with the, fr- with the franchise candidate, who did they talk to? What did they learn? Who are they talking to next week? We'll do that for like two to four weeks. We just, again, take our time. I've had some candidates who knocked out uh, 10 calls in two days and they were able to schedule all those really quickly. And they were ready, ready to go to the next, uh, the next step. But, um, but some people take their time in doing those validation calls. And that's good because we really want them to understand what a franchisee uh, has experienced and sometimes they're older franchisees that have been in the system a long time, like Rob and uh, may not, Rob's still a young guy though, but some may not remember <laughs> the initial training and other people are pretty fresh. So that's fresh in their mind. Um, and then the fifth step is where it gets really interesting. And this is where we have our discovery day, which all franchisors have discovery day. Sometimes they call it meet the team or some more pushy ones or uh, decision day or signing day or whatever. <laughs> but um uh, ours are uh, in person in Idaho and may involve riding a horse. Um, our CEO, <laughs> Lane Kofit, is, uh lives with his family on a ranch in Idaho, just northwest of Boise. And uh, we fly out the day before. And the reason we mentioned about their horse riding is they, have, they live on a working ranch and they have a 16-year-old son who's six foot two, And he's a nationally ranked roper. Uh, in fact, he was just in uh, Vegas at the NFR final. And... So they have a full roping arena, a bunch of horses and cattle and an alpaca named Napoleon. I think he's a horse, goats, chickens, the whole nine. And uh, so we go out the day before and we go to dinner at the CEO's house and just have dinner with his family. So we don't even discuss the business or anything. It's just really gets to know each other, bond uh, with, uh, with uh, everybody on a personal level. And then the regular discovery day is next day at the office and get to meet the rest of the staff. And normally what, what you would experience with a discovery day at a franchise or uh, and then they go home and then the national team gets together and says, okay, do we want to deal with these folks for the next 10 years <laughs> or not? And I'm a pretty good gate, gate, gatekeeper, so I don't let uh, too many people uh, slide by that don't meet the approval process. But um, And then so then if they get approved, then they go through and get their paperwork signed and pay a franchise fee. And then the, we have a whole onboarding process that starts with uh, a combination of the area rep and the national support people that work together with that franchisee to start getting their licensing applied for. It's the whole, whole uh, program that we have and training in Miami. And, but, but it all comes back to really getting to know each other on a personal level and building that relationship. Um, yeah. And as a side note, I might add, it, um, it's resulted in a Knockwood, uh, 15 years, zero litigation, which is unheard of, in, almost unheard of in franchising for a 15-year-old company with over 100 territories awarded as zero litigation. Yeah, you would think somebody would 
would sue somebody just for the heck of it at this point, right? So, but it's, it's a super point, cool. yeah. And, and the there, it's it's one thing for people to talk about the culture and all of these things, but um, I just will will just personally share from the clients we've had that have become owners, but even the ones that have not, like every single person has walked away, even if it wasn't the right fit. Like that was a great experience, right? Um, and just felt educated, felt like warm and welcome, not not being pushy, all of those things. So all the stuff Dan's saying, he's not blowing smoke. That's that he's probably like not like making it as big of a deal as it is with with their culture. And just to point out, if if and when you get to Discovery Day and you ride the horse, being awarded the franchise, they're not they're not taking any points off if you're like you know screaming and crying the whole time or anything like like that's not part of the award process, right? So we we'll just make sure we're no. okay. Uh, no, we've had I, I, some people that uh, they they opted not to ride, and that's okay. They they fed the horse or whatever. But it's just <laughs> it's just kind of a <laughs> even I and I'm very squirm, squirmish about. It. Even I put my hand out, let the horse get their mouth on the. Uh. So it's basically the discovery day is like a G-rated version of Yellowstone. Um, so it's uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, that's funny. Well, well cool. That's I, I, um, I appreciate all of your time. I just want to, if there's anything, I guess maybe last thing I'll throw at both of you, is there anything else you would want us to know about assisting hands that we haven't had a, and I know there's a million things, but if there was one other thing you'd want to make sure we shared with everybody, what would that be? What I come back to, and, and you just touched on it and I just will touch on it again. And I know we've already talked about it. It's just the culture. I mean, it really is. Um, again, like, like I've, like I've been with the franchise for, for 15 years. I've really watched this franchise grow. The one thing that's never wavered is the culture. And um, when, when Lane talks about, you know, keeping it a family and keeping this a, an open environment where everybody feels comfortable and everybody is willing to share, um, it, it, he, he walks, he talks the talk and he walks the walk on that. And, um, when we get together as, you know, annually as a group for our, our, our franchise convention, uh, it's always great to see everybody. Uh, and, you know, everybody that Lane brings into the concept are high quality individuals. And um, it really is um, a wonderful company in general. Last thing I would add is uh, it's a fun company to be part of. Uh, that we are excited about each other's uh, victories. And we, uh, you know, we've had some folks who went through some tough times and they know that they have a family that shares, you know, when they've had losses and, uh, you know, condolences and family members and things like that. So, I mean, the, the annual conference, uh, which interestingly has another acronym called FEAR, Franchise Education Adventure Retreat. <laughs> the lane comes from PWC, so he loves acronyms, so. Um, but it's, it's, it's truly like a family reunion, people getting together. It's just, uh, it's an amazing group to be a part of. And so you look for people that, uh, that fits in well. And if, uh, if it's a little too huggy feely for people, that's okay. That's okay. Awesome. Um, guys, thank you both for, for coming on, spending this much time. I know how, how incredibly busy you are. So thank you both for coming on and, and joining us today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Tim. 
Awesome. And for all of our wonderful, loyal listeners, hopefully this will continue to provide insight into the amazing possibilities that can be had in the world of franchising. Um, reach out to us today, francoach.net, franchising101podcast.net. Set up that first call. There's never any fee for our service. You've watched this whole thing, podcast. Reach out to us. You know you're interested. Let's help you find that absolute best fit for you. Thanks for everyone for tuning in, and we look forward to talking with you again soon. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast, where our ultimate goal is to help educate you on all things franchising so you can create your better tomorrow.